I, uh, I went upstairs to get some coffee, and I yeah. realized that there was no coffee in the coffee pot. And I was like, well, f*** me. So instead, I got a beer. Wait, what PG-13? Is that the 1F, or are you going to... No, I'm going to bleep that. I'm going to bleep it out with the with the SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> uh, no, but I got a beer uh, instead. It's Friday, right? It's like the classic uh, startup environment. Oh, we've got beer on tap. We do. You know, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. That's and then the <laughs> ping pong table. That's the other thing, right? Yeah, I don't have one of those yet. I, don't, I wouldn't have anywhere to put it in my house. That nobody ever actually plays. No, just, I feel like that'd be so annoying to be, like be working and then hearing just like someone smacking a ball back and forth. Yeah, something that was awesome when I went to Google though was the cafeteria. That's amazing. I want that to be in my life. Some I don't know how, but somehow I just like the idea. I guess it's called a personal chef. That's what you would call it, right? If you just want food on demand, then or um, yeah. DoorDash, I guess. But that's expensive. I guess it's all expensive, right? That's how food is. Where are you going with this? No, in particular. I just thought. <laughs> did Google did that, Google, that, Google Google had a personal chef in the cafeteria? Well, okay. I mean, they had a general cafeteria where you could go and pretty much get whatever kind of food you wanted. I'm just talking about like was it free? Startup perks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was free. That's awesome. Mud yeah. charged us. Yeah. Came out of they also paycheck. had these things called micro kitchens. That was a really cool concept too. So in just various places on different floors, it's like a mini kitchen, just kind of like a break room, but they also had just snacks that you could take from. That was really cool. I took lots of Oreos. When are we going to yeah. Google this year? Uh, we got to get an invite somehow. We're not quite big <laughs> enough for them to care about us yet. I think the the mark is probably at a baseline, a uh, million dollars in ad spend. I think that's the absolute minimum. Is it in a month or a get. year? I think a year okay. that they would give you a account representative that actually has a slight idea of what they're doing. Yeah. Well, it's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. All right. Uh, what are we talking about? Okay. We have um, an episode that I wanted to do ever since we were in Columbia. Um, while we were there, we actually got a, a, a form fill on our website, uh, everbrospodcast.com. Uh, this came from someone who's in the graphic design space, essentially... Uh, wanting to figure out how to productize a graphic design uh, company or, or service because uh, he's he's heard us kind of take a dump on graphic design uh, in the last few episodes or you know just since we started. But I figure it'd probably be good for us if I just read the comment uh, or, or his uh, his form fill, and then um, we'll just kind of take it from there. So uh, I'll start it off. Hi, guys. Recently discovered the podcast and love it. I've binged up to 15 episodes so far and love the conversational format and down-to-earth advice. I'm currently an art director, which creatively is limiting to say the least. Also, as you stated uh, in some of your early podcasts, just losing the desire to keep working for someone else. In my searches, I haven't really been able to find a ton of creative marketing and was hoping you could help me out, if only through tertiary experience or knowledge. I know you guys have talk, have down-talked the graphic design aspect of marketing in a passing comment here and there. I realize making logos and constantly chasing customers for that has always sounded exhausting to me, which is why I've been more drawn to the idea of branching out into marketing and I'm very intrigued with productizing. Already he sounds super intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm familiar mm-hmm. with web design, logo design, and probably most passionate about motion graphics. I would think there's a market for creating and running video ads in this space as well as web, SEO, regular ads, etc. And I was hoping you guys could offer some advice. 
Also, have no idea what local niche to target. Anyhow, I've rambled enough and would appreciate any advice you could offer on going into this kind of venture. What products or services I could offer and anything else uh, you think I should you think I should know. Thanks and keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Thank that's you right. very yeah, much. Yeah, that's the first thing I want to say is thanks back. Yeah. Yeah. No. Thank yeah, you. I would. Yeah, this this was like I, mean, I remember sitting in the hotel room. We're all getting ready. I got this. It was like 10 a.m. I think I was I, re- I was reading this, and uh, I was like, "This is awesome." Because this guy turns out to be a lot older than us, but he's taking advice um, advice from us, which is great to hear, and it's just great to hear from from listeners in general. But uh, I um, I started emailing him back and forth of of like, "Hey, like, you know, thanks for reaching out. Uh, what are some of the like?" niches you're you're targeting or what are you kind of thinking of conceptually and a lot of it is like very local uh localized niches so then like my next question to him was have you thought about doing anything that wasn't local like e-commerce or manufacturing or you know something like that because our experience is a lot of local businesses is they're gonna pay for like a graphic design service like once every year maybe and it's gonna be like a logo or a flyer or something like that and it's not it hasn't always been something you can just productize on a monthly service. But mm-hmm. in our last episode, we had talked a lot about the different positions in a marketing agency and then translating those to actual uh, jobs in kind of like a freelancer agency setting where you started on your own. That was like a precursor to this episode because this episode, we're going to take pretty much the worst job at an agency and then turn that <laughs> into <laughs> turn that into its own agency model or, or you know, just to get your brain just get your uh, your brain jogging on that. I wouldn't call it the worst. I would. I think for me, I, the account manager is the worst. That's that, yeah. That's for. I guess that's for you. I mean, like, do you think an account manager though is like is the worst agency skill to have to start your own agency? Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty bad. Mm, that's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but I, I want to bring something up that is related to this. And this is, I think if people listen to this, they're going to be like, these are the strangest crossovers that I never expected in a podcast. But I listened to, the guy's name is Henry Thoreau, I think is yeah. how you pronounce Wait, it. Wait, like Henry David Thoreau? No, he, let me, hold on, I'm going to check. Let me fact check this. I'm going to get on Facebook. Are you talking about a poet? No, 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 no. This oh, guy okay. is an animator. <laughs> Thurlow. Oh, <laughs> you were getting confused with the poet. Now we all know you read poetry. <laughs> I do like Thurlow. Thurlow. He's an animator for One Piece. Uh, and he uh, is American, from what I can tell. And he now lives in Japan to be an animator on the animation team. But this is something that he had brought up before. It was about it's a similar thing, right? Art and artists. And if you want to do that, especially in the U.S., it's a difficult thing because, yeah, what you're looking at is, you know, uh, the one-off jobs. The You have the local businesses that need a commercial, and then you can help out for something like that. But it's very difficult to make a established career out of that sort of thing. And that's actually why he wanted to go to Japan was for that reason. Because even the most, you know, the best animators that had even done things like, you know, Cartoon Network um, jobs, that sort of thing. Um, it still wasn't easy, even though they're the best of the best. So, um, yeah, I remember listening to that and thinking, yeah, there's a lot of similarities here and it sounds very difficult, but let's talk about it. So, Jake, what were your thoughts? What were your initial ideas? Because I spent a lot, I met many showers, many shower thoughts trying to come up with something for this. Yeah. So my initial thoughts were you have a you have a, a value and a skill set that everybody wants at some point, but 
not that not, not something that's that everybody is willing to to pay for every single month and what you need is something to supplement that or complement it that is required every single month i call them hooks so with our uh, foundation package, we have uh, one of our hooks is website maintenance. So like we make sure your website doesn't go down. Like we're, we're also um, more of an operational service and more of like a maintenance service as well. And then uh, Google ads is kind of a hook too. Whereas SEO, it's harder to quantify in terms of success um, unless you're just tracking rank, which again is super subjective depending on what you decide to rank. And uh, I don't consider like SEO our hook at all. I consider that like more of like the value upsell um, and, and what we can justify for our management fee. Mm-hmm. Um, with graphic design, because it's not a reoccurring service, there is no, there's no hook there at all. And um, you've got to supplement it. So my first thought process was what industry uh, could you get into where you can utilize your graphic design services in a way that satisfies kind of your desire to uh, want to keep using that skill? but also perform another service or learn another service that you don't have to spend years trying to develop. And my initial thought was, well, you should learn like basic foundational SEO. And if you're not going to go into the local niches, which I, uh, which he was suggesting, I would do Mm e-commerce because e-commerce has a lot of opportunity for graphic design artists to create really engaging websites, uh, graphics and just product images, things like that. SEO on e-commerce is a monster, so it keeps you busy every single month, and and not even busy doing technical SEO, just busy doing like foundational stuff, like alt tag, alt tags, and uh, header tags, and uh, meta descriptions, and things like that, which is very easy to learn. The only thing you really have to learn is the actual CMS. So like depending on which whatever platform that uh, website is on, like Shopify or WooCommerce, Magento, Squarespace, whatever is being used. Um, try to learn all those, and then. Um, you know, kind of pitch it as, hey, we do uh, um, foundational SEO. And that's kind of like the hook to get people in. But then also say, but we're also a UX, so user experience optimization service. And that's where he can really utilize his graphic design capabilities, A-B testing landing pages and sales pages um, for, you know, higher conversion rates. Maybe his value sell becomes the like the con- the conversion page optimizer or something because he has this graphic design capability that you and I don't have. You and I are very technical. Um, yep. We're not gonna. <laughs> you ask us to create a landing page and we just like it's very formulated and yep. and uh, whereas he he can create if he's if he's good at graphic design and he knows the CMS he can create some really cool stuff on there. Um, but then that translates into other things too. Like he can get into email marketing and he can make really cool email graphics and. You know, especially with e-commerce, connect Shopify to Aweber or Mailchimp, or I think they might even have their own um, ESP email service providing software, and uh, create some automation flows within the e-commerce space. Like you just, you really just grow outwards in terms of the actual marketing services you can execute on, but then utilize your graphic design experience in like a user experience kind of way versus just creating you know a logo for the business or a flyer for like a local plumber or something. But mm-hmm. th- that's where my head went. Where did your head go? E-commerce. Yeah, I went straight to e-commerce too. <clears throat> because I think, uh, okay, slight offshoot. I think the e-commerce revolution, the ramifications are still happening. And people are still transitioning. And businesses are not yet, they're still not prepared for what the future of commerce looks like. Um, 
And so I think e-commerce is still, I don't know if growing is the word, it's still happening and the effects of it are still happening. I think that the future of local business will become showrooms. The buildings won't be as big. They don't have to be because they don't need to have storage, right? I mean, Amazon's already gotten into some of this too, where they now have physical stores that you can buy their most popular products. I think businesses will primarily move to e-commerce because it's easier. And then you can have the Amazon, um, the four star store, I think is what it's called. The Amazon four star in Mall of America is closed down. It did. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know, 20 minutes from Mall of America, but yeah, it closed down. Do you know why? I would imagine the volume wasn't there yeah. like to sustain it when they could just be on e-commerce. And, yeah. And, I, you know. That's what I think it is. I think they're, they will become showrooms where you for the things that you don't feel comfortable buying either like they have high return rates maybe right um clothing especially where you're like look i i don't feel comfortable buying this purely online until i at least buy it once or know like this brand fits me well so that's what i think will happen um so i think e-commerce is still growing and it's still changing and people still aren't ready for the full uh, it'll it'll keep happening we'll hear about um former brick and mortar businesses going under i think it's going to continue Bed Bath & Beyond is dead, right? <laughs> um, and things like that. So wait, wait, because is it that, dead though? Because I feel like I was just there a month ago. Okay, if it let's let's Google, let's find out the the current status of Bed Bath and Beyond. Because mm. I hear that Beyond section is really cool. The first article is Business Insider and says the rise and decline of Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> so on August thirty first, they were closing one hundred and fifty stores. Uh, so maybe they're not bankrupt yet. I think it's only a matter of time. The last thing I bought from Bed Bath & Beyond um, was a $200 Ugg blanket, like a comforter. Why did you do that? Because it was technically... Was it that good? Do you remember that time that... Um, well, first of all, Ugg blanket is amazing. You know, like, like Ugg boots? That, like that. Yeah. That in, yeah. A, in a blanket. Yeah. Um, okay. But... And it's for a king size. It's a king size uh, blanket. Oh, it might have okay. been like 250 because I remember paying a little bit for it. But... Um, <laughs> what I mean by a little bit. Do you remember that one time where Google sent me like a $200 gift card? Mm, did you do like a, a research survey? Yeah, I think I did a survey. Yeah, they sent me 200 okay, bucks. Okay. And and like the guy, I got to pick my uh, place to get it from. Well, we just got a king size bed. And I was like, well, we need a comforter. So we went to Bed Bath & Beyond and we found it. And so I, oh, okay. and maybe, maybe one of the reasons why they're bankrupt is because I bought a $250 blanket for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> And the only reason you went there is because you had a gift card. That's right? true. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. We might have bought a coffee pot from there. Um, we did actually. So we bought a, we bought like an upgraded coffee pot. Um, like I think slightly before that, and um, it it broke in like four months. Like it just stopped brewing. And thanks, Bed Bath and yeah, Beyond. I paid forty dollars for it. I'm like, this thing is not worth me trying to fix. Yeah, you so, deserve to fail now. Yeah, so then we went to we went to Walmart books. and bought one of those like ten dollar ones where it's just like it has an on and off switch and that's it. Yeah. And uh and that thing is a trooper. <laughs> <laughs> so multifaceted issues. There's gotta be like a We're coffee connoisseur that's like 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 vomiting right now. He's like, I can't believe you're drinking out of that coffee pot. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think one more is people, I swear they don't know the difference between Bath and Body Works and Bed Bath and Beyond. Because when Jenny was <laughs> a manager at bath and body people would they'd constantly say like oh how's that bath and beyond like she, that's not where she works she doesn't work there it's not called yeah. that she says I, has lotion. I sell, yeah i sell soaps and lotions not towels and yeah, yeah. knickknacks and more towels yeah um but yeah so okay e-commerce uh i liked your idea about learning 
SEO to to help out in building like a retainer type thing. But I was thinking more of, okay, well, if he wants to stay, if he wants to start out with where he's at and not worry yet about um, learning additional skills, the first thing that came to mind is a course of some sort, right? Now, I know, I understand that's not a retainer model, um, but if you have, I mean, he's older than us, right? He's got a lot more knowledge about well, a ton of stuff that we don't even know. And I'm sure that's helpful. And when I think of e-commerce, especially, can he share or get further into and find out the best ways to present products, right? In graphics, that conversion rate optimization, especially, right? That can make them convert. Um, what What is an ideal product layout? What kind of information do they want to see in the graphics to have people feel confident with buying and purchasing? Um, and that's just when it comes to product layout. You also mentioned email marketing too, right? That's important. Um, I mean, there's tons of verticals. Social, social ads. Yeah, social. Like, you know, e-commerce is tons and tons of social ads. Just thinking about A-B testing different ads or which one's converting the best. But also you can provide way better social ads, uh, ad images than than you and I can. Because um, mm-hmm. we're not... We're not like we're we're borderline handicapped when it comes to anything <laughs> graphical. It's um, true, and and if you can templatize them to the best of your ability, 100 percent do it. Uh, because I'm sure there's differences uh, depending on the vertical um, and the type of niche and industry that sort of thing. But there's got to be a lot of similarities too. And I keep going with that too into even video ads. Video is that's hot, right? Everybody's like video. That's where it's at. It's true. I mean, people are watching video. Video continues to grow. So if, can you do the same for YouTube ads, for Facebook video ads, Instagram, et cetera? Um, I think that's a very good direction to go with it. But I understand, too, that's just a course. And if you're selling a course, it's it's not a retainer yet. So you can get maybe good one-time purchases. So uh, the other thing I was thinking was when you make that template library, charge access to it and then continue to add to it every month up yourself. So they'll have access to the library itself. And that's a monthly fee that they need to pay in order to keep getting that. And then your hook for keeping them uh, interested and involved is you keep adding to it as you come up with new ideas too. Is there, do you have like a software or kind of like library gate software that you would recommend or that you're aware of? Nope, not at all. I have no clue. <laughs> um, I, I'm thinking like a premium Canva type thing, right? Where yeah. it's maybe you give a few for free and then you show the other ones and you're like, hey, these are premium. Um, yeah, if there's one thing you have to. I, I would be willing to bet that there are, um, <laughs> there are, like you could probably just do like course, honestly, like course plugins or course softwares and then just have like a library in your course. I know like you and I were looking at doing courses uh, in, the, yeah. in the relative near future and you would, I, there's got to be like a library in there. So a little bit of research on your own part of just trying to figure out, because one thing to do is actually create an agency, which is kind of like where our brains default to because that's what we want to do but there's other avenues that you can go down to like cody was saying you can create courses you can create like this library of assets that people can pay to have access to um you can also create uh there's more courses ideas too like um teaching people about graphic design online Mm -hmm. you know and sell that on coursera or wherever or even maybe your own website um there's getting into affiliate marketing which is a whole other thing (laughs) um but I think I think the, the pigeonhole that people get themselves into when they have a particular skill is they say, I have this skill. I have used it in X ways before. How do I use it in X ways again? 
to then make my own business where what you should be asking yourself is how do I use it in why ways? So, you know, he's used to doing graphic design for a company and I would imagine it's graphic design on like different sales materials mm-hmm. um, or, you know, product brochures or, or whatever. But then you can ask yourself, how can I use graphic design in like a marketing sense in a retainer sense? And that's where my mind goes to right away is UX, like uh, user experience design for like websites if you have an eye for the stuff you do in graphic design, you've got an eye for pretty much anything. You've just got to figure out how to utilize it. And you might have to do a little bit of learning. Um, you might have to understand that a lot of people view website pages in, in F shape. So your most impactful graphic design element should be on the top. And then it kind of goes narrowed down from there. Um, and then, you know, um, but it's not necessarily just doing logo design or whatever you're used to it could be anything uh jenny was saying when we were in columbia and i was reading this email she was saying that uh her company pays their graphic design on contract like over 300 bucks an hour for Mm -hmm. their website theme um designer yeah i guess although that's different maybe then i mean those are two categories right because if if you're a web web designer you're a dev to some extent versus a graphic designer who's making mostly graphics so i guess i mean um, but if you're working within like shopify or you're working within a cms that has like its its own walls hmm. i mean you're yeah you don't really have to be it we're not devs and we design websites yeah no definitely i guess mentally i was i went straight to graphic design as opposed to web design but if if he's doing web design too and stuff i mean that's an entirely different category um which i think has much more potential like you were saying uh but i i like how you said um Shopify. And I think you could go into the different platforms, right? You've got Amazon, obviously. Um, Walmart.com is growing. That's going to be one of the the bigger growing e-commerce platforms. You have Etsy, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I think I think this is an industry where if you're comfortable with it and you like it, that uh, being effectively a high ticket consultant, I know that's not what it is, but you know we've talked about this before about business models and entrepreneurship and one is like the high ticket consultant and what i mean by that is the solopreneurs versus the i'm going to grow a team and then make my skills um scalable by sharing them out to the rest of the team and then replicate right when it comes to art that's not an easy thing to do (laughs) at all so i think that's a, a good fit and then the rest is just how do you use the internet to scale um those things to your advantage so i think maybe starting out if you didn't have experience in those things then yeah, start out freelancing those services at a discount if needed in order to get the experience on those platforms so that you can test and learn what things work if he if he doesn't know that stuff already, um, if that part is new. And then after that, I mean, in addition to all these things, I mean, the sky's the limit. If you want to do consulting too, charge really high for it just so you have additional money on top of your, you know, productized portion of it where it's a membership fee to a, a library of resources um you can do that for more money especially if you like doing it you like the consulting concept um start a podcast you're listening to one right now um uh affiliate marketing or so you're on. watching it if this is in the future and we have posted it on youtube <laughs> eventually yeah i i um i like the idea of just the, like you said, the, the UX optimization is a lot safer. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, like what it comes down to is like it's it's knowing your niche, 
So um, in this case, like we're suggesting e-commerce, it could be anything. It could be manufacturing. It could be, um, is that, are those the only two niches in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it could be local businesses too. You could do media companies. Yeah, 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 you yeah. could do yeah, like, you, could. you know, do car dealerships, right? I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. You can pick whatever one you want to do. But, but I think that uh, those they are kind of different. Um, when I think of manufacturing and stuff, there's a lot of money there and it's not sexy. So people don't do it. Like they, I think the more boring a job is, uh, I don't know if boring is the word, the less known, that sort of thing. Um, there's usually a lot more money in it and stuff. Cause when things become really popular, like DJ, like, well, most DJs don't make especially great money <laughs> only, but <laughs> they do. so, um, manufacturing is also smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I had somewhere where I was going with this, and then I lost it. I cut you off. Yeah, you my bad. Yeah, I'm gonna shut up. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> okay. Oh, um. So we, I was, uh, we had an episode about like not like we have to do things we don't like because that's just the nature of having an agency. So when we started, we wanted to just do SEO and Google Ads. We didn't want to do any of the website building stuff, but we had to in order to actually get our SEO and and, and um, PPC clients. So a lot of the people that came to us either had like terrible websites where it didn't matter how many ads we ran to the website, we weren't going to get conversions or our quality score is going to be so low. And then there were clients, you know, the majority of the clients who were coming to us at the beginning didn't even have a website. So then we just had to, you know, say, okay, well, we have to offer website services. And even to this day, like, we don't like building websites. Whenever we get a client that has like an adequate website we can take over, we love it. Because it's like, oh, great, this is easy. We get, maybe we got to build like one or two pages and then that's it. And then just their ad campaign, set the tracking and we're good to go. Um, but uh, building the website too, though, has become kind of a hook for us because when we do build the website and they're on our hosting, for instance, they're less inclined to leave the um, marketing packages because it also includes website maintenance and hosting, which is, mm-hmm. which is a fee they don't have to pay for as long as they're doing marketing. So they don't have to pay GoDaddy. They don't have to pay Bluehost. They don't have to pay anybody because we're hosting it. Now, if they leave marketing services and we're still hosting the, the website, then they got to pay us our hosting fee per month or we, we do it annually or quarterly and it, it becomes that hook. And then also it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, a magnet too. So if a client comes with us, comes to us and just says they, we, they just want a website build, we deliver a really good experience during the website build. And then a year later, they become a client, um, like a marketing client because, Hey, these guys built my website and they manage it. Um, on the, on the other side of that too, we've got clients that we built websites for one's just happening right now where we built a website for him. We started marketing. He was on for three months and then he stopped because he couldn't handle the amount of leads he was getting. He, uh, stop services and then all the way up into this year he's kind of restructured his company where he can take on the influx of leads and now he wants to get things going again well guess what there's no onboarding period now we just literally turn his ads on and then bill him that's it and mm-hmm. there's like this uh when i first started there was this thing it was like um i used to read like jeffy Gittimer. uh he does uh he's like a sales consultant kind of guy he's got his own like personal brand but he was he always talks about like the long-term sale which is um you know, build relationships because they could turn into sales like three years later. <laughs> I remember when I was starting this, I was like, I don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> I don't have time. Like, I'm signing up for Upwork. I, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, no, no, no. I need clients now. I don't want to put in the effort now and wait three years. But like, if you just like live your life, we're getting on a tangent, but if you just live your life and, and operate your business as a point of relationships, which is a callback to your previous episode, then, <laughs> then, then the sales will just flow in. Like, 
you won't even be, you don't even realize it because three years later, you'll be like onboarding new clients. And then all of a sudden old clients are just be like, Hey, I want to do marketing with you. I want to do such and such with you. And then all of a sudden your clients grow so much that year, you didn't even realize what happened. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I always say this quote, I can remember who says, Oh, Earl Nightingale, which was, uh, it doesn't, you know, everybody's always afraid of time. It takes too long to do something, but the time's going to pass anyways. So mm-hmm. that, that three years that you don't want to do is going to happen, right? Whether you want it or not, unless you die. Then it doesn't matter, <laughs> but it will happen. That three years will happen. Now, whether you, whether you choose to be you know in business or not is up to you. Um, but if you are in business, three years from now you're gonna you're gonna thank yourself for for establishing relationships early on. Yeah, Finn. Yeah, I think that that combo of building relationships and be so good they can't ignore you. Right? If you're good, you're especially good, and you aren't weird. Then and even if you are weird, sometimes people are like, they're so good. They're weird. I don't care. Um, then, yeah, those things just happen and they work out. Yeah. But honestly, I don't have a ton other than that to say about this, because, again, I don't know. That is how I would approach it, though. And uh, I think I think this will officially be our shortest episode. <laughs> Finally, under the 30 minute mark. Yeah. So we just wanted to take some time to address that uh, inquiry we got. And um, the more inquiries we get like this, the chances are you're probably going to get featured. At least you're you're. Um, your comment will get featured on here and we'll answer it uh well semi-live we'll answer it on the air yeah hey leave us a review we're supposed to say that too if you like this episode or any other episode Mm. in the past leave us a review on apple preferably apple or spotify um if you don't like the podcast then don't leave us one yeah we don't want your negative you can you can complain to us at everbrospodcast.com yep Mm. please do that like and subscribe can they do that too? They can. Yes. If options? you actually go to the Everbros podcast, you can actually subscribe to any one of our platforms from the website. You don't even have to can go you, to the platform. Can you like it or is it just subscribing? I think it's just subscribing. Oh, Unless we're on, okay. well, if this goes on YouTube, then they can like it. Oh, we don't have that yet. So just subscribe, I guess, and leave a review because that's cool. Yeah. Um, we'll send you a million dollars if you give us a review. Don't say that. No. <laughs> Our lawyer's going to be like, you can't say that. (laughs) We won't. All right, everybody. We won't do that. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. See you.